the topic for tonight is uh, from challenge to discovery with the help of empathy. Uh, the goal is to try to look at challenging situations in terms of relationships, as we've touched on a number of recent chaburis, um, including relating to oneself, with the help of some Torah sources, with the hope of uh, discovering something uh, powerful, real, and potentially helpful. Um, we've touched on the recently the situation where a person feels, um, so to speak, entitled to uh, relate in a negative way to people that are doing the same. Why should I be nice if they're not being nice to me? And of course, intellectually, we could find uh, many good reasons why we should. The real question is, what is at the root of that mindset of the, the desire, the need to sort of even the score? Uh, is it simply um, the value of fairness? Or could there be something um, maybe deeper that contributes to it. And I think if we look in the case of the Torah and one of the Mepharshim that deals directly with the life situation where uh, someone is not giving to me as I would want and I'm pushed in the direction of uh, responding in kind, which the Torah forbids, we can perhaps uh, find something that could teach us a lot. That's the classic case, of course, of the Yisra of Nekima and Natira. The classic situation is you come to someone and you ask to borrow something that you need. Case, you know, the Gemara is a, show, a shovel, a hoe, an axe, some, some item, today's day and age, might be a car, and the person refuses the request, and then sometime later, they come with the same type of request to you, and you decline the request because of their previous refusal, or even if you help them, but you still harbor in your heart the resentment, that feeling that but I'm not like you who didn't want to give to me, <coughs> even if you don't say anything. It also is a love of Losita. And in the uh, Purish Riva, uh, rings in the Cheskuni, uh, the question, why is the Torah assigning a love to the second person? After all, the first one was the one who didn't lend first. So it always seemed to us that uh, that was worse. The second one is the short, sort of just uh, evening things out. 
So why is the first person not uh, held guilty by the Torah? He's not over Allah for not lending. It's a deficiency in the midah of chesed, but is that over Allah? A second person who doesn't lend, he is transgressing the law of Leisikim or Leisitar. And uh, Cheskun explains that there's a major difference between the two people. The first person who didn't lend is only because he's not generous enough, maybe he's too afraid, small-minded, he's, he's not able to be so giving or not ready to be so giving to help somebody that needs him to be there. And uh, he declines the request out of his lack of generosity. That, again, that's not a good though, but that's not forbidden by the table. The second person, he would gladly lend. Why is he not lending? He would lend other people. He would lend in all, all normal situations. Why is he not lending in this situation? Because you didn't lend me. Because you didn't give to me. That's what's what he calls sinner. That's out of a real negative feeling towards the other person. That's what the Torah asks and the Torah gives nature how to overcome it. It's not for now. But I want to try to understand this, this experience that the person comes to that kind of a bitterness and negativity over the fact that the other person didn't lend to him. Is it only because they can't imagine such a thing. They can't understand how could it be that somebody didn't want to lend me and they must be a really bad guy and they really deserve it or I need to teach them a lesson. They don't know that there are people for whom lending is harder. They aren't as generous. They aren't as free giving. They're afraid. Maybe it's going to get damaged. If that was the only problem, so we could just spread the word, everybody should know there are some people for whom lending their things is hard and really not evil people. We don't need to teach them a lesson. And then everything will be solved. So obviously it's not quite that simple. And probably they could imagine such a thing that the person finds it not so easy. But what's really bothering? What's really bothering me? Because I expect that if he's really my friend, and after all, who do you turn to to, to help you? Your friend, your neighbor, somebody who you, who you think you have a good relationship with, somebody who you think you can count on when you need the help. And you imagine, you expect that even if it's not so easy, that they'll come through for you and they'll give to you and they'll be there for you. So then what happens when they don't give and they're not there? What is really paining you? 
what is that hurt all about? Is it because I didn't get the shovel? It's not about the shovel. I don't think that's what's really getting to me, that I needed a shovel and I don't have a shovel. And it's your fault. It's because I need you to be there for me to know that I have somebody who is close to me, who cares enough about me to do even what's not so easy for them. And I don't have it. And that's very painful. And that's very understandable that it's very painful. But that's not something that we're so easily able to recognize. That this means so much to us to have a good, devoted, close, really caring, loving friend that will be there whenever we call upon them. For us to be aware and sort of accept that that need or sense that weakness that we would think about it, that it's a weakness. It's not so easy to, to recognize that in ourselves. It's not so easy to recognize that the other person who we thought is our good friend maybe is not as devoted as we thought. They may care for us still. They may be a friend, but maybe, you know, not to the degree that we had originally assumed. And it's really, it's really deep down, very deep down, very painful to us. But, like I say, it's hard for us to recognize that. It's definitely hard to talk about it. To imagine going to the person and saying, when you didn't lend to me yesterday, I was so hurt. I was so disappointed. I felt abandoned. You're somebody who I thought was going to be there for me anytime I need it. That's what I imagined. That's what I thought. That's a very hard conversation to have. That doesn't come so easy. And I don't even know if we necessarily even have the awareness because I think what may happen very, very easily, very readily is that becomes masked by different kinds of feelings, indignation, righteousness, having to teach them a lesson. Instead of having that compassion for our own hurt, for our own loss of that really close friendship, we sort of, not even realizing it of course, we organize it in terms of what he did was wrong and he needs to learn his lesson. And the next time he comes, I'm going to show him. I'm going to even the score because he needs to learn that. So we take, we take ourselves away from what's really hurting us and we make it into something else. And that's where we have the negative feeling towards the person. We'll characterize them as they're really, they're really bad person. What do we wind up doing? The opposite of what we need. We wind up pushing the person away by saying, no, I'm not lending to you. No, I'm not like you. Or that they could sense that I'm not happy about it. But that's really just a cover for what's really hurting us deep down.
don't know if we can really prove this from this case. You know, there's room to say that oh, what is bothering me is that, you know, my, my life is difficult. I don't have what I need. Maybe. But I think we have another Gemara that shows us very powerfully this dynamic within a person of the pain that's felt when my friend is not there for me, not responding to me, that it's purely because of the loss in the relationship. And that's the Gemara that tells us about the Ger who came to Shammai first and asked to be taught one Yisoyed that will encompass the whole Torah. And Shammai said, there is no such thing. Can I give one Yisoyed for the whole Torah out of so many, so many fundamental principles? So then he went to Hillel. And Hillel said, yes, I can give you one principle that can encompass the entire Torah. And what did Hillel say? Hillel said, my daloch, Sonny, what is hateful to you, the Russian sinner again, what you cannot bear, what is so painful to you, do not do to your chaver. Of course, as Rashi says, the chaver is a Baruch the Pasuk says in Mishlei, we're not doing anything to Hashem. It means in relationship to Hashem. Do not act in relationship with Hashem in a manner that is so painful to you, causes such hurt to you in your own human relationships. What was that, says Rashi? That your, your friend will ignore your words, will be over on, will pass over, will discount, disrespect. If you present an idea, a plan, a request, and your friend doesn't respond to it, doesn't respect it, doesn't embrace it. So that is very, very painful to you. Now, what kind of pain are we talking about here? If it's the pain of that um, I'm not getting the help that I need, I'm not getting the respect that I need, um, my, my, my ego is injured by the fact that he's not complying with what I'm asking of him, so then that's not something that applies when it comes to Hashem. can't say, do not act in a manner in your relationship with Hashem that is so painful to you in your own human relationships. Because Hashem is not hurt. Hashem is not disrespected. Hashem is not put down. So what is taking place with Hashem that can be the same as with another person? It has to be that the hurt when the person ignores me is the fact that he has turned away from the relationship. Someone who I thought is close to me, who I need to be close to me. And here I'm making a request, making a suggestion, making a presentation, and, and he doesn't engage in it. On the contrary, he turns away from it. So he has made himself distant from me. He has pulled us apart. That is terribly painful. 
the one who I want to become closer to and trying to make that possible or need him to participate to make that possible, to be there for each other. And he's not, oh, that is terribly painful. That's so difficult. So Hill is saying to the Gear, that's what we have with Hashem, the closest relationship. But Hashem tells us how to enhance it. And he tells us how to avoid damaging it, going away from it. So do not be over on all those instructions that Hashem has given you, the saying those essays of the Torah, that enable us to come closer because then you'll be losing out on that closeness that is so precious, that is so valuable, that is the greatest thing that you, you even can experience with another person. How much more so with Hashem, who is your true, greatest, and really only real friend, an actual Matthias, an absolute Matthias, who is really the greatest of all. The friend, yours and your father, is going all the way back to Avasaktation and all the way through. So, it's showing us that that is the pain. It's a similar kind of pain. It's a pain of the loss of that closeness that we want so desperately to have. We are so conditioned to have. That is so primary in our whole existence. That's why it's so needed. That's why it's so valued. That's why it's so precious. That's why it's so hurtful when it's somehow taken away, even momentarily, even in an occasion. So the suggestion would be that when we're finding ourselves faced with this kind of a challenge of why should I be nice to that person, we should think to ourselves, what is really behind this? Some very deep hurt that's very understandable and very valid. And in a sense, give ourselves the empathy, the compassion that we are worthy of in that situation and, and say to ourselves it really makes sense why this is so painful but this reaction that we're having is maybe just trying to cover it and hide it and of course it'd be very hard to go to the person and say I need you to be there for me to be close to me to be considerate of me because your friendship and the relationship to you is so important to me that's a hard conversation to have. So, at the very least, if we can find a way, that is the best thing. To say, when you did this or when you didn't do that, I felt so disappointed. I felt so abandoned. And what I really need from you is, as much as possible, to be there for me, to be alert to my needs, to be responsive to my requests. Then we won't have have to get into that kind of uh, blaming, criticizing, justifying, <laughs> vilifying, <laughs> demonizing, <laughs> and having to teach somebody a lesson, tit for tat. But even before we can have that conversation, at least we should know, at least very possibly, where it's coming from. There could be a certain sense of fairness. Yes, it's true. Life should be balanced, should be fair. But really, really what deep down is hurting me is that I need that, I want so much that real closeness and I'm not getting it.
And I think it can help us also in regard to understanding other people, how, how powerful it is in the human experience when somebody doesn't have it and doesn't see a way how to get it, what that can cause in them and what kind of, as we mentioned, you know, often counterproductive behaviors. Besides, you know, what I mentioned previously about desperately trying to connect with somebody, even in uh, sometimes not such uh, productive ways, but just the mere fact of not having the connection is very, very painful. And that can cause the other person that, so to speak, is affecting us to have many things that are covering this, that are causing all kinds of not good interactions that are really rooted in their feeling the deficiency of that good, close connection. Which many times may not be our fault that we're not doing our part to give to them. We're just blocked for other reasons from receiving it. And maybe we could try to find a way to give it to them better. And I think it's sort of contained in a certain way in that Rabbein uh, Yenin that says that guy was coming from a person feeling deficiency. And if someone feels this deficiency, of course that could be all kinds of deficiency. Any spiritual deficiency a person could feel could be a cause of pain. But a very major one would be the deficiency in the close personal relationship. That a person wants, and they're somehow not able to experience. That will cause them to feel the pain of that loss and sort of supplant it with other methods of trying to hide that pain, replace that pain. There's a pain deficiency. They're going to replace it with something else, being putting somebody down. That's the guy about. All, all sort of natural coping methods that are only counterproductive. But there's room for some very penetrating understanding of where it's coming from. I don't, I don't suggest that we should, um, you know, share our theories with the person. I'm just going to feel like we're psychoanalyzing them. That's not going to be helpful. But. We see from, from the Ritzof and how the Torah directs us to look very, very deeply into a person. The Tana said to his son, if you hired workers and you promised to give them their meals, that was the pay that you set up, you're never going to be able to give them a meal that's good enough. Even Suda Shlomo was not considered an adequate meal for someone who has been a Avram Yitzhak Yaakov because their inner demand, not just pleasure, but they feel they need to be adequate, but they're covered as the children of Armi Saviyakai is beyond the feast of Shlomana. Are they aware of that? Of course not. It's very, very deeply buried. Allah said we don't pass like this. Allah said it goes by what's the meaning in the Medina at that time. But other time, uh, 
held that it goes by what is be'etzem in the person, what he needs for his meals. And that is for his own true cover. That is being felt very, very deep down in the person. So there certainly can be powerful feelings that a person is lacking, not able to experience the needed human connection that will produce all kinds of not good behavior. So just like we can have empathy for ourselves, we could try to have it. That does not mean that you know, negative behavior is excused, but if it's understood a little bit, can hopefully be approached a little better. And we don't need to, like I say, you know, show off this, this understanding. We just need to, to recognize it, to at least be open to it, to look for it, and to try to, to give as much as we can to another person, to try to find a way to get around the blockages that will enable there to be that connection that we need, that they need, that will enable us to be successful. And then we'll be able to use it as the muscle, as a proper functional muscle in our relationship with Hashem. And it will be able to be a yesoid for kolatir. That everything that Torah will be looking to find ways to enhance that connection that Hashem has already given us and given us the means to make it stronger and stronger. And we'll be able to sense it at least a little bit. Even in Olam Hazim. Okay, that's all that I have to uh, share <laughs> in terms of the presentation. And, uh, any and all reactions are welcome. <laughs> Can I have one coherent statement, please? Yes. <laughs> Um, I'm suggesting that um, um, if, if I just may for a second because it's right before Rosh Hashanah uh, Rabbi Schmidman has been asking me to ask that of him for at least 12 years now so this isn't just yes. me being myself this is a Rabbi Schmidman request for me yes. to do that absolutely thank you very much for that request that is very helpful the, uh, the single coherent statement is as follows um, there is a very powerful human need for good, close connection with other people. There are life experiences that um, seem to us that we don't have it or as much as we would like, and those can be very painful to us in a very understandable way but we don't necessarily realize that that is really what's paining us. Maybe it's too, making us feel too vulnerable. Maybe it's just too powerful, I don't know, too deep, not manly, who knows. We're not able to fully embrace or realize that that's what's happening and naturally we cover it with something else, as opposed to being able to say to ourselves and another person, 
I really need your closeness, your respect, your love, your commitment to me. And when you do this and this, it looks like it's not there. Then we instead blame them, justify what we're doing, come up with different types of interactions as trying to teach them a lesson, etc., correct them, perfect them, control them, all kinds of other kinds of reactions. So the suggestion is that we should recognize this, respect this, and have the full, full embracing of this truth of the human existence which, as we see from the story of Hillel, is being given as the study of the entire Torah. The, 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 the peak pleasure is of connection, and the peak pain is the loss of connection. Whether it's to another person, people that are important people in our life, or it's with Hashem. Hillel is saying, this is Kala Torah, to connect with Hashem you know how undesirable, how tragic it is, how painful it is, when that is taken away or diminished. So why not? Uh, do the right thing? Why should you do something opposite that? Why should you be depriving yourself of that which you know to be so precious, so valuable, so good, that you yourself know the need of it because that is the true makeup of a person to want that closeness, to strive for that closeness, to create that closeness, as we saw from other sources as well, from Aaron Akoyim, from the Gemara of Yudidus, and from this Gemara of Shabbos and Hillel. This is Kolat So the human relations are critical to that. So let's try again to say a coherent statement. <laughs> the bottom line, um, it's very, very important to us to have close connection to the people that we see as the important and truly close people to us. When they act in a way that is not representing that, that is not living by that, it's very painful. That causes all kinds of not good reactions. The best thing is to recognize it as really at the core of what we're experiencing, or to explore it, to suspect strongly that that's at the core of what we're experiencing. That's at the core of our pain, to embrace it, to respect it, and to try to work from there to repair it with the help of the other person. Ask them to be a teammate, to create the best close relationship together. That includes, of course, each one respecting their own needs and the other one's needs. But the mindset should be, let's do this together. Let's bring ourselves together, close to each other, together, as a team. Let's act as a team and create the team. That includes sharing one's feelings, sharing one's needs, listening to them with respect, 
with compassion, without needing to be controlling, because we're trying to do it. We're ready to do it. If we can communicate that we're ready to do it together, then hopefully that will be accepted. That will be respected. That will be followed. <laughs> that will be embraced. And we'll be able to do good things together with the people that are close to us to bring them closer, ever closer. And use that as the mushroom, as the true, the true desired mushroom for Hashem, which is our whole existence. Okay. That's the best I could try. If anybody can do better, they're welcome. If anybody's anything to add, they're welcome. Okay. What, what does one do if they're in, if they're in, if they're in a relationship where they're not getting back? Um, getting that back. I think the best thing is if, 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 if you're in a, in a situation where this is not yet understood, we have to look for the occasion, sometimes for the good help, to help this to be understood by all parties involved. You have to wonder sometimes, you know, what was really going on. I think I have a noob shot in my father fighting with me about every Friday night. It may not have just been the desire for connection. There may have been some cow not feeling the connection and being very uncomfortable with that. When you are with somebody who you expect to be close to, there was a, there was a fascinating Lifelines article recently, Mishpacha magazine. It's very complex, so I didn't copy it yet and send it out. Maybe I will have to read it over myself first to see if I can understand it. But the essential ingredient was, which happens sometimes, the mother was not able to feel any of the natural feelings towards her oldest daughter. She was doing all the, all the actions properly, providing all the service. But she wasn't feeling any feeling. It was terribly distressing. So when we're with somebody who we expect to have a good feeling, and we're not feeling it, for whatever valid reason it may be, it could be quite complicated, but there could be reasons. That itself is distressing. That itself is very painful. That can cause all kinds of attempts, not consciously, of course, to mask it, to, to overshadow it. Like, like I mentioned before, if John Sarna uh, presents that the body can develop physical pain to mask it from its emotional pain, there can certainly be a lot of psychological and emotional things that can go on to protect the person from that that pain but uh, it's better not to because uh, then we don't really get anywhere and sometimes we could find ways to get at the source and make some improvement but usually it takes a good team effort so we need to try to explain it and hopefully there will be receptivity
like I say, sometimes it takes uh, a skilled professional to help explain it. There are some out there. Yeah. To understand the depth of a person, it's, it's amazing. But I've heard amazing things. Does that help a little? Okay. <laughs> I see, I, ha I have to find the more controversial topics. <laughs> this is just like, you know, so one-sided. No tightness to anybody, you know? But uh, I'm not even expecting anybody to give me a scumbo because it's something you have to think about to see if, you know, really you could see that it makes sense, see that maybe it has basis, see that it rings true, maybe in your own experience or others <laughs> around you. So, uh, but if at any time in the future you discover that maybe it makes sense, you can feel free to let me know. I appreciate that. Um, just wondering, is there anything that we could sort of suggest how to, uh, I don't know, any, you know, any gimmicks? Just a matter of um, realizing the reality and, and being okay with it should not be considered, it should not be looked at as a weakness, in ourselves at least. We should be able to express our needs, our emotional needs. Like I say, it's not going to sound manly, but it's okay. Um, I think it's tied to know. This is very important. It's worth knowing that when we express the need that we have together with the feeling that we have about it, it's more effective because it becomes more understood, more real, and also there's a certain closeness that's already being created in the request that um, empowers the person to be more responsive. We just say to somebody, you know, not doing your job X, Y, Z. So it's, you know, it's a hard kind of message to take in. It's not as personal. When, when you say, I really need you to be there for me in this way. It means so much to me when you're helping me with this. And if, and if I don't get it, I feel sort of left out, let down. And when I do get it, it makes me feel so good. And that's sharing more of ourselves and giving the person already more, more substance to draw from, to want to do it for us. It really brought us closer together. And also, there's also the aspect that um, the same message over and over loses its effectiveness. When the message comes in a different kind of way, then sometimes it's heard differently. 
But the real truth is that it's much more real because that's what things are really all about when that's the case. If there is no emotional component, we shouldn't put it on, we shouldn't pretend it. But in those situations, which is quite common, that there is the emotional component, and a very valid one, and really a very good one, then it's correct to use it because it's just the truth. But I think it's also more effective. You're already making the connection. I hope you'll take this home, think about it, and let me know what you think. Okay, Yaakov, did I do anything? No. Do you want an honest answer? Because I don't think yeah. you do. Yes, I do want an honest answer. Yeah, I do. I'm uh, got nothing more than the last 45 minutes. Not a single thing besides the fact that you don't like having your face look back at you when you're giving this year. And that was from the first minute. Man. Okay, that's, like a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a double dare, and I'll take it. Okay, let me ask you straight up. When you read that, that chazal about Lo Siko, the first person, he's just a little stingy. He doesn't get a laugh. The second person, he would lend. Why does he get a laugh? Because it's out of sinner. Tell me, what is causing the sinner? Are you hating the guy because you don't have a shovel because you need a shovel and it's his fault that you don't have a shovel. Is that why you're hating him? What do you think? You I, read that I read that Chazal, I read the Chazal, but you're perpetuating something that doesn't need to be perpetuated. And therefore, in and of itself, it's problematic. And you know, like they would elections that were problematic. Why are you perpetuating it? Yeah, but, well, but tell me, why do you have strong negative emotion against that person? He didn't give you what you wanted when you needed it. So you're angry at him because you don't have the shovel. It's about the shovel. That's what you're going to say. Oh, it's, about him not, it's about him not giving you the shovel, but if you want to make it about the shovel, you can make it about the shovel. Okay, okay we know that the opposite of love is not hate. <laughs> opposite of love is indifference. Hate is not the opposite of love. Hate can come from love. I want to know why do you, to some tiny, tiny degree, hate him now. He's your friend. He's your neighbor. He's somebody who you have a basically good relationship with. This time, he didn't want to lend you his shovel. Now you say, okay, when you come to me, I'm not lending you. So there. What is that all about? What is that craziness about? What did you take away from me? You took away from me the shovel? I can get another shovel. I can get a shovel from somebody else. Not the end of the world. I'll find a shovel. I'm suggesting what you took away from me is being my friend that I knew I could count on. Not because I need it. Not because I need your help, per se. Not because I need you to be giving me the help. Of course, the help is helpful. But I need you to be my friend. I need you to be this person who, even though it's hard for you, you'll still lend to me. 
because you care about me, because you love me, because my needs are important to you. They're important enough to take a risk on the shovel getting broken. I need you to put me over your shovel. <laughs> and you didn't. You put your shovel over me. That means that you love your shovel more than you love me. That is heart-rending. But I can't admit it. I can't say to you, you know, when you don't show me love, I am really devastated. <laughs> All I could say is, oh, you're a bad guy. You're selfish. You deserve to be taught a lesson. And when you come to get the shovel, I'm not lending you the shovel. Then I feel self-righteous, and I feel defended, and I feel, you know, on top. And then I feel okay. But really, inside, I'm still broken that you are not the friend that I thought you were, that your shovel means more to you than our friendship, or than my need for a shovel. And I do the opposite of what I really need, and I push you further away. It sounds like it's really cool for that inability to admit that I really need the friendship that's causing that sin and that's causing right. that reason. That's that's right. That's right. The, the sin is, is the cover for that. Or the, the, he could be, he's the cause of that pain. He's the one who's causing me to be so in pain because he's not being the friend that I thought he was, he, he, he was going to be. So he, it's his fault. What? So the negative, the hurt gets focused at him. Who knows? It's hard to know exactly. But it could be, you know, a variety or a combination of factors. But essentially, that's the hurt. Not that I don't have a shovel. It's that I don't have you. And if I would be able to admit that that was bothering me, then right. no problem. It would be okay. It would be like, yeah, wow. <laughs> There's no point in like making things worse, that's for sure. I how can I get you to be, you know, what I need? That's you know <laughs> that takes a cue that, that takes that takes a good talk. That means to say to you, you know, how could it be you didn't lend me the shovel? And he'll say to me, You don't know how hard it is for me to lend the shovel. I'm so afraid when I see that shovel leaving my hands, I get so anxious. It's making me crazy. You're a great guy. I love you. I want you to have everything. I just can't part with the shovel. And, you know, <laughs> we'd understand each other better. Not because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care about you. Just, it's just really, and I couldn't tell you how, how, how nervous I get when I give up my shovel. I couldn't tell you. So I just had to say, nah, and pretend like, you know, I'm not so close. But that's not it then who knows what okay, you can discover. But that requires, you know, a lot of courage, and a lot of perception, and a lot of empathy, and a lot of openness. You got to be able to say to the guy, you can tell me anything, it's okay. You can tell me you're mad at me, you can tell me you're not my friend, you can tell me whatever it is, just let me know, tell me the truth. And I'll say, I'm your friend. I'm not mad at you. I just have anxiety about shovels. <laughs> Who knows? <sighs> okay. I guess you may need a private session.
Okay. If there's uh, any other reaction, 